0: what would really fill the gap is to have a place where product managers or aspiring product managers could gain real world experience actually being a product manager. Mm Because I think nowadays you ask 20 product managers, what do you do as a PM? And they'll give you 20 different answers. And all of them will be something like, Hey, it depends on the product. It depends on the team, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is so true. So then the question is, Well, there's all this theory out there about product management. You can read all of these things, but until you actually do it yourself and execute it and ship a product with a designer, with a developer um, to actual customers, you're not going to know what being a PM is truly like.
1: You just heard from Helen and Safunmi, the founders of CoLab, a new way of preparing product managers, UX designers, and software engineers for their future careers. Today's episode goes over how non-traditional backgrounds can make for the best tech employees as well as Safunmi and Helen's entrepreneurial journeys. They left product jobs at the likes of Apple and Microsoft to pursue their startup, Colab. This was a super fun and laid-back conversation filled with value and laughs alike. And I really, really think you all will enjoy it. As always, feel free to follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps the podcast. And if you ever have any suggestions or critiques, feel free to send us an email at info at nextiterationpod.com. You are now listening to the Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts Fuad and Damien. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeny, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode.
0: yo hi thanks
2: for having us (laughs) of course having us yes i already know this is gonna be a fun conversation just from the energy going into this um and this is actually so second podcast of the day and we've actually had two podcasts first in one day too so this is the first time we've had multiple guests on for the first episode so kudos to you guys congrats a little round of applause um so uh i was looking into yeah looking at your profiles a bit and i guess i just want to start off with you helen um, what does it take to be a chief Helen officer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it starts off with having a name called Helen.
1: Right. Um, oh, Cause man. definitely I don't think
0: Shafumi would fit that role. I don't, just don't think he has the profile or, um, I'm not sure that his skills are up there just yet to fit the chief <laughs> Helen officer title. Um, but essentially just to actually give a real answer, um, I mean, Shifumi and I are co-founders. We love working with one another. And we're, you know, this building a startup, I think sometimes the hardest thing to do is give yourself titles. Cause again, you're wearing all of these different hats. Even if you don't want to wear it, you mm-hmm. still have to wear these hats. Um, and so when we were thinking about, hey, how do we sort of symbolize what it is that we do? How, how do we want to phrase our own titles? Um, and so that was the question, I guess. And for me, I didn't really like any of the c-suite level-esque titles it just feels a little bit not my vibe um but Mm -hmm. how could i really identify a title that fits exactly me and so that's why i am now chief helen officer of (laughs) collab
3: love it the perfect it's the perfect title it's the most important title honestly and i think we (laughs) would not be able to do anything uh without like having someone with that title so honestly i think like yeah, that yeah. title is very well deserved. More companies need more Helen yes. officers.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. We gotta go. We're, for the we're paving the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. If I ever start my own company in the future, which I hope to one day, I, I don't know if I can ever aspire to chief Helen officer, but hopefully, chief Damien officer will suffice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I, th- I can
0: see you. I can see you getting there. I think it'll take a little bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're I appreciate
2: kidding. that. I appreciate the vote <laughs> of confidence, though.
1: Cool. So on that note of getting there, um, tell us about your journeys through university and finding product. I know both of you guys have, you know, very different backgrounds. Um, and so yeah, I guess you can you can take this in turn. We've never had two guests, so we're adjusting, you know, but um <laughs> you guys can take this in turn or you know, jump in whenever you want. But tell us about your journeys through university and, and finding product and entrepreneurship.
3: Yeah, I can go. Um, so I went to University of Waterloo and I went in for electrical and computer engineering. So at that time, I really thought my life was going to be um, in the power and alternative space. I, I specifically wanted to specialize in that space. So I wasn't really think- thinking about like the traditional like tech stuff, but mm-hmm. being in Waterloo, you're caught with this entrepreneurship bug. Everyone around you is just like trying to do startups and you know talking all the startup stuff. So you definitely catch on. Um, and in my first year I had experienced a problem you know being an international student from Nigeria which was like you know my transition was very different and difficult um, because Mm. my grades kind of like suffered Um, they weren't used to what I was like used to (laughs) so I was like wow this is a big shock so a couple of my friends ended up you know dropping out switching schools or starting the program all over again And I was like wow I really need to solve this problem and obviously as any you know, a young entrepreneur at that time in Waterloo, the first thing is I'm gonna build an app, uh, which is essentially what um, I ended up doing. So I took something called an e-corp term, which is essentially when the university allows you to take your internship and, you know, do your own thing. I used to get credit for it. So during that time, I just like, didn't really know what I was doing. Didn't know how to code or anything. I just like try to figure Mm -hmm. it out. Built a team of like six people. We built an Android and an iOS application in like four months and we launched it. And that was sort of, like, my first-hand experience, like, really working in tech, just, like, by doing doing it and trying to figure it out. And that was very fascinating. I enjoyed it. And even though the app flopped, like, we didn't get any users once we launched or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, was so heartbreaking because I really thought I was going to be a millionaire right after that I was like, yeah. You know,
1: First moonshot. Uh, you um, got it. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, but I, I loved what I was doing. I I realized that companies legit pay you to do that, which is called product management. So, which is why like right after that, I was like, okay, I need to get into product management. And Mm -hmm. then, so I applied for a couple of internships and people saw my failure in the start that I did that was like a huge experience. So, you know, that really helped me get into the door. And that's when I got my first product role, uh, as a product manager, program manager intern at Microsoft, which is where I met Helen.
1: Awesome. Great segue. Helen, do you want to go now? that?
0: Yeah, um, I think my, my story, honestly, is always very different than Shibubi's, which is also, I think, why we make such great co-founders, because um, we just have completely different perspectives. But as for me, I also went to the University of Waterloo, but I actually studied earth science there. Um, and so I had gone into the school. Now I think there's a certain wow waterloo co-op type prestige or like wow just whoa that's that's cool um but when i went i actually didn't know anything about co-op i didn't even go to visit the school um, I wanted to be a nurse coming out of high school, but I my grades were really, really bad. Uh, so I didn't get into any of the nursing programs that I applied for. And what <laughs> I did get in was Earth Science at Waterloo. And so I was like, OK, well, I got no alternative. I'm going to go to Earth Science at Waterloo. Um, and so that's actually how I I ended up in Waterloo um, as As for what it is that I wanted to do, I definitely wasn't like Shifumi where, hey, entrepreneurship is like my calling or I feel like this is what I want to do. I want to create a company. Um, I wasn't even really in tech up until this. I mean, I also had co-op and I was looking for a job. And during that term, I was dating someone who was actually in L.A. And so I remember thinking, hey, how am I going to get a job based out of the West Coast in America? And so when I started looking, I realized that, hey, there's no jobs based out of sciences that will give you a visa to allow you to work there. Um, And so I, it was like, you know, wow, I can't do it with the background that I have. And so after though, is when I actually sort of discovered, wow, okay, tech, people sponsor visas for tech. Um, And, and I remember at the time, applying for jobs based out of the Toronto area. And I saw this one job at Zynga, which is, um, you know, the company that makes Farmville and stuff. And it's a product manager intern. And I, at the time, thought it was project management and I thought it was the same thing. So I applied. I, I landed the job. Um, but that's really the first time that I realized that, whoa, product managers make decisions. <laughs> um, and it was just completely <laughs> outside of anything that I had done in the past, which was always like, hey, they tell you to do one thing and then you do it. But this time it was really like you get to step into the role and you make these decisions and those decisions lead to different outcomes. Um, And so I think that was the first time that I really got into tech. And then the next time I was looking for jobs is when I also ended up at Microsoft, along with Shifumi. Um, And I think from there, the rest is history.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're gonna dive deep into that history, cause, cause that's that. I think that's a really, really cool way of meeting a co-founder, and and something that you know, Damian and I are super curious about. Damian and I actually met uh, on the bus back from a, a field trip at Augusta University, so it was a classic cool. grade school love story. We, he sat next Aww. to me on the bus, and you
2: know, uh... yeah, I had to slide into his DMs after. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, yeah. I saw you looking out the window.
3: <laughs> is, is, this, is this seat taken? <laughs> Well, we actually that's pretty much reactive. what happened like yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's, that is pretty much what happened You just I, I was sitting alone you know i don't have a lot of friends unfortunately so <laughs> <It's> uh, <something laughs> and and David, to don't, don't worry season.
3: me 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 neither helen is pretty much my my only friend is like <laughs> the only person human that like i've seen this year and it's been like how many months because of the pandemic, So, yeah
0: crazy. oh
1: man yeah that's very true where are you guys located right now out of curiosity
3: I'm we're both actually
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually because of the pandemic is when I got back where I was in Seattle for the past four years up until mm-hmm. like August last year. And then because of the pandemic, I chose to come back to Toronto, which also coincided with Shifumi really hitting me up about collab. Um, mm-hmm. And then basically, you know. To, not to spoil the story, but I ended up just deciding to stay in Canada so that we can continue to work on collab. Um, I mm-hmm. actually just moved yesterday, and so now I am no directly way. facing <laughs> Shafumi's balcony.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, that's I, I, can see, I, I can see her plays from my place and yeah. yeah, it's crazy. That's so. We so cool. tested
0: it yesterday, and we that's could see each other.
1: That's <laughs> crazy! You guys can do like an infinite Zoom <laughs> loop by like putting yeah, your exactly. to each other. Yeah, cool. it's
3: actually yeah, it was actually crazy because <laughs> like I have this very bright neon vest when i play soccer she has this bright neon bag so i was like okay you know we're ever seeing these tall apartment buildings how do you determine without counting so we just ended up like waving <laughs> both things i'm <laughs> like okay i could definitely see so it's quite hilarious um that's funny We should take a video of that
2: yeah <laughs> i love that yeah so i'm uh, i'm curious from me what made you want to reach out to helen in the first place
3: that's a good question. I, I I think from this might seem like you know similar love story to you know both of, <laughs> both of y'all, but I think the first time I met Helen, the first couple of times, like I knew I wanted to work with her, uh, straight up. I think she brought like a different perspective because I think for me, like you know, like typical engineers surrounded by engineers, most of my friends were engineers. We all thought the same way like we the way we think is very similar we solve problems like similarly and you have this person with like an earth science background who's like absolutely crushing it well at least I thought she was crushing it um and just like any problem that was thrown to her she found a way to solve it um so I remember her talking to me about her experience like at Zynga um and even just like at Microsoft like doing all the things that she needed to do to stop I just knew that she was someone who would just like never give up I would just like keep going and i think i really admired admired her about uh, admired her um when i thought that um and she had a lot of traits that i also wanted to see myself like you know mm. just being genuine and just being like a very good human and caring for others so i think from that time so we met like late 2015 when we were like both interview prepping and i think every year after that i think i've asked her to like join me doing like a startup you know <laughs> um so I think it's just like every every because I, I always had like different ideas I'm like hey, you, you know do you want to work on this um so every time I'd always pitch and I think you know finally mm-hmm. like our stars aligned uh with regards to collab and finally we've like honestly it's, like six years later now we're finally working together full-time so it's definitely nice. taken a long time but, um I think just like being the person like the chief handling officer thing like it's like like I, I saw that from time I understood that, and I was like, no, nothing beats that. So I was like, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's only one Helen. I was like, and I want, I don't want her to be on my team. So that was like, t- like, uh, the way that I thought about it.
1: Wow. Great. we got to hear Helen's perspective on
3: this. Wow, Yeah. Like, this guy was bothering me was like, why?
0: every why? year. I was like, yo, <laughs> just <laughs> let me chill, man. I don't want to do a startup. Um, no, I, I think, I mean, so to like. To even Shifumi's point about like how we met, right? I think from the very beginning, looking back now is also when I understood like we met during what is usually a very competitive time, right? So I actually met Shifumi because I constantly saw his name on the interview list of whatever jobs I was interviewing for. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. so... But at the same time, instead of like, hey, you know, we're competitors we are going to like scope out each other's LinkedIn's and find out all this history that people do. Um, mm-hmm. We we actually came together and we worked together to study for all of these things. And we really tried to make it a win-win, right? Because I think at our core, we both really believe in that. And so when we did land our, you know, our internships at Microsoft and we went on all of these travels with friends, I think there really was this deep friendship that I'm like, internally grateful for to be honest. Um, but again, back to the actual working on something part, I think that just wasn't even in my scope of mind, right? I didn't think at all ever that I was going to be someone that had my own business or my own startup or that I was going to give myself a chief type name, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really was just, oh yeah, you know, I'm just going to do the job, but I'm going to like, you know, that's it, right? And so when, you know, CoLab, we really started it up as its current iteration i think in august of 2020 and so it it hasn't even been a full year yet but when we first started talking about the problem space and when Shafumi approached me the first time to talk about it and make mm-hmm. his pitch it was it was actually in 2018 and it took 2 years of like uh, slow progression and like push mm-hmm. push to really get here but i'm right. i'm also just extremely grateful that that you know Shafumi like believed in me during this entire time when i didn't believe in myself um, and so,
2: yeah, man, I just like my one goal in life is just to live it so that somebody can describe <laughs> me the way that me has described you today. <laughs>
3: that's also my dream i want someone to describe me the way i described helen (laughs) oh my (laughs) gosh
0: are you saying that i didn't describe (laughs) you well enough no
3: No, that's not oh no (laughs) we didn't want you want to start anything here (laughs) that's not that's not what i meant don't worry you got this. shabumi
0: is the best co-founder anyone can ever ask for (laughs) and there's only one of him seriously uh, google his name and only one shifumi will pop up yeah and
1: there's a lot of helens shifumi. there's a lot of helens i haven't yeah. seen yeah. that
3: there's, so. there's some helen Huangs. i know i've seen some other helen <laughs> Huangs. But
0: wow but <laughs> you've been looking for other helen hongs <laughs> <laughs>
2: looking no, for just, a replacement chief helen it, officer it's, it's
1: just
3: come on <laughs> <up. laughs> but there's only one one true helen no, yeah,
1: yeah. One
2: true no, officer I, <laughs> I would sit next to you i just want you to know that
3: <laughs> thank you thank
2: you um so let's uh let's dive into product a bit because I mean like that's that's kind of what made you guys famous I guess at least LinkedIn famous um and you know considering how immersed and obsessed with this whole world you guys are I just I'm curious to know like what is one product that each of you are just obsessed with that you aren't working on right now that you think is just like a masterpiece and you wish you could be the one working
0: on it shoddy not going first (laughs) interesting see this um, is the problem when shifumi doesn't send me the questions before. i didn't
3: look at it too bad but, <laughs> but yeah but this is a, yeah i should have prepared um i think you know i think this is like a classic interview pm interview question don't worry uh, don't I mean, treat this like an interview question yeah i but i think in terms of um i think of recently it's changed but i think what i typically just go to is like the airpods um mm. reason why is because it's it's very magical you know i think everyone who uses airpods like really really loves it like even like the first gen i think it was like a very great introduction and um even like thinking about it from a product lens it it wasn't even it was a decision that was forced on the user but i know users resisted because like everyone had analog you know earphones i think it was apple's push to wireless that made them really get this product. And this is like one of like the highest selling products that Apple has released in a while. Um, So I just love it. I really thought about the magical experience. And I think I was at Apple when it launched, when it first launched, before it came on. And I even got to try it before. And I was like, wow, this is like, you could see this spent, a lot of time on it and i think they were, they were they spent like three or four years before working on it so and even thinking about the pros and how they've iterated on that i think it's just like super magical so um working on working on that would have been fun you know just mm-hmm. like bring something into this world, even though it's not really software which is like where my expertise is like just trying to fit everything that they have done in this in this product i think like it's just truly magical mm-hmm
2: yeah yeah it's a billion a dollar answer. market now too and it's yeah. which is crazy because like at the start everybody was clowning apple for it like this is so dumb <laughs> like why are you taking away wires and they, i remember they had like the attachment with wires in case you wanted it yeah like, <laughs> that was it, i just i don't think very few people expected it to become as large as it has become today yeah so helen you had some uh time to think i saw you were just like wandering or looking into the distance, trying to ideate, so what'd you come
0: up with? <laughs> oh, no. Um. What did I come up with? My my mind was actually blank during that time. Um, but I think I would love to be working on a product like either Calm or Headspace. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a really big believer in just you know, mental health and like wellness in general. And if I, I mean, these days I I don't really use Headspace or Calm anymore. Um, But just this whole concept of like meditation and really taking time for yourself um, and also having a wide variety of potential customers to be you know, getting positive impact from these types of products is probably what I'd be most interested in. I can definitely think of certain tracks or um, I guess just like programs that I'd want to run on each of those platforms. But I think speaking about products, I'll also admit that out of Shifumi and I, the person who is much more passionate about product management is definitely Shafumi. Mm. Right. I think what I'm really passionate about, again, is like community and the concept of like inclusion and belonging, which is also why I choose a product like Calm or Headspace in the first place, because um, I really do believe mm. in the vision. Um, and I think that's also what I'm good at. I'm, I'm much better at like the community and just growing that that sort of like sense and culture. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, that's my answer.
1: Great answer. Cool. So we've been beating around the bush for a while now. Um, so. Brings us to Collab and belonging intact. So, uh, how did you guys found Collab? What was the initial ideation phase? What were, where were some of the you know reasons behind uh, wanting to start it? And walk us through starting it and and bringing it to where it is today.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So essentially, like I shared, back in 2018 is when Shafubi actually pitched the idea to me the very first time um and it sort of came about because a lot of people were asking him about product management and a lot of people were asking me about product management for a variety of reasons right because I mean, no, regardless of what it is that they see in us, it's like, wow, you know, here's this hot area that I'm trying to get in. I feel like I don't have the necessary background, right? I feel like I'm not from Mm -hmm. a top school or I have this non-technical or non-traditional background and I'm not really sure how I did it, but I know you did. So please share with me. Um, And so that's sort of how it started. And we started brainstorming, hey, how do we, you know, like we want to help a bunch of people, but of course having these direct one-on-one conversations is not the best way. So how can mm-hmm. we distribute the information that we know at scale, right? And and so that's what we actually thought about. And then at that point, Shifumi tasked both of us with, Hey, go, go away. And then come back with this competitive analysis on the different types of ways to get into product management today. um, And how are we going to fill the gaps? And that was the initial task. Um, And we both came back and we realized that, okay, what would really fill the gap is to have a place where product managers or aspiring product managers could gain real world experience, actually being a product manager. Because mm-hmm. I think nowadays you ask 20 product managers, what do you do as a PM? And they'll give you 20 different answers. And all of them will be something like, hey, it depends on the product. It depends on the team, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so true. So then the question is, well, there's all this theory out there about product management. And you can read all of these things, but until you actually do it yourself and execute it and ship a product with a designer, with a developer um, to actual customers, you're not going to know what being a PM is truly like. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're not going to be able to relay that same experience into your roles and into your resume to ultimately get the job. So that was actually the conclusion back when we talked in 2018. The problem at that point, though, was like, whoa, how are we going to create that? Right. Like that feels like a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when we sort of like scaled it back, I guess, to what is now or now it seems more of an MVP, but at the time it was really still a large project. Um, and that's when we scaled it back to just creating a book on a compilation of 20, like just stories of how other people from these non-traditional backgrounds broke into technology. Um, Shifu mean, do you wanna take it from there? Because I also <laughs> failed afterwards, which you will share.
3: Yeah, so I think that like 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 I said earlier, like whenever I have any idea, Helen is like the first person that I hit up. So I was like, yo, you know, I was, it was very exciting. Like just like getting that validation that, wow, like she wanted to work with me on something again. So I was like, okay, we got to do this. And that big idea seemed very daunting at that time. We just started like our careers in products. So it was like, there's so much more that we needed to learn. So I was like, I'm not ready to start a company, um, especially after the other one flopped um so I was like okay let's let's do something small let this be a side project so we started working on the book and you know Helen was very and I, and I appreciated Helen for always being very forthcoming she was like look for me I'm not as interested in this product I'm in this <laughs> like I'm not um so she's like I don't want to do this like I don't want to write this anymore and we had done a couple of interviews by that time and like I understood so I I also stopped for a bit so I think it was like five six months where like I do anything i'm just like working on other stuff and then i picked it back up again because like the problem was still there people were still reaching out and i was like you know let's let's do this so i told Helen like i'm gonna take this on and um i'm gonna write it so kept on writing it you know for the later part of i was kept on working on it doing interviews for the later part of 2020 up until oh later part of 2019 sorry up until 2020 and then we launched it in um april and Mm -hmm it was it was it was great because when we launched on product hunt and you know it was number one and it, it reached Congrats. a lot of people oh thank yeah. you thank you thank you yeah so it was a long time long time coming it was a lot of work to yeah. try and get it out but i had a lot of people who were in my corner and supporting me helen included to you know push the book once we once we launched it so it was a great feeling of validation that wow like this, this resource is out there and a lot of people loved it so um you know, one of the reasons like Helen mentioned was like, he wanted to scale ourselves and have reach more people. so people have this resource, but more people still kept coming back and saying, wow, I read your book. This is so great. What do I do next? I'm like, oh man, <laughs> it's like, of course. Yeah, I know. I know we didn't solve the problem. I know like you can't just read a book and become a product manager. So that other idea then came back that, hey, this is big, gigantic thing that we can do hit up Helen again I was like yo <laughs> but this time I, d- I did it differently you know I didn't want to just be very direct and be like hey work with me so I was just more of like hey advise me on this right so I didn't want to like push and force and so maybe like you know like maybe pro tip for anyone out there. If you're ever looking for a co-founder or, or so on to like, don't push too much. Like try and just like, just <laughs> thread across the lines and you try and ask, you know how they say, if you ask VCs for advice, they'll give you money. If you ask for money, they'll give you advice.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, maybe this applies here. So she was advising me for many months on like how to do this. So I was just like initially, and this was just the product management stuff. So this wasn't even just like call up. This was more like, hip hey, building enough of the book and trying to get it, get this thing out for product managers. So we, I, I started by building a course for product manager Where we'll teach the theory of the course. In addition to that, they will be able to see how a real product manager, AKA me builds a real product with their team. So I was building a product at that time called wins, which is like an app to help you celebrate your moments. I recorded all the zoom calls with my team. I'm like, Hey, this is how a product manager will manage all of these things. So you can actually like check out all the decisions that I made to be able to launch that product. It's on the app store today. So you can check it out. So. Then the goal was like, hey, they'll follow that journey and they will eventually do it by themselves. And that's when we we wanted to then get volunteer designers and volunteer software developers to work with these PMs who have been learning product management so they could build their own stuff. I think that's where I finally got stuck. And I was like, okay, I need to find these designers. I need to find these developers. I need some help so and helen has been advising me and following me on the journey so i asked i was like hey you know i've been doing this we already started recruiting a couple of people i was like hey could you help with that so uh, she came in she helped with the community piece because i knew like like she said like she loves the community side so it wasn't like "Hey, don't focus on the product all that stuff come and build this community um i try and help me out and she did an amazing job but just like the context that she had before it took her like less than a week put everything together she did like the orientation and just like made everyone feel welcome we had a couple fires initially she de-escalated everything so Mm. i was like wow this is this is definitely going to work and it (laughs) did and that was like the first test where we put these strangers together so when there were nine pms you know nine designers nine developers like all together working on problems projects trying to build something and people actually built stuff like people had ndps they could showcase like all the things that they were doing and that honestly blew us away at this time the only paying customers we had were the product managers but we realized that hey this is also true for design and development helen was even the one that was a big advocate for this is going to work on the design and development side. So, this is not just a product management thing and then mm-hmm. we came together and i was like hey do, do you want to work on this and it was perfect timing because she just got back from seattle and my plan then you know i didn't tell her that this at that time, but I was like, Helen is never going back to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to just work, and I was like, I'm not gonna like if she's going back to Seattle, I have failed, you know. <laughs> finally, she was like, we're in the same place because we've we've always been just working across time zones, um, so. You know she was very very bought into the vision she was driving things i was like yeah, this is definitely like a co-founder she was like putting in way more work than me i was like yo this this is it and you know thankfully we ran another cohort shortly after like you know we finished the cohort end of september october we had another cohort you know we did another nine teams but everyone else was now a paying customer and uh, we were able to then validate that hey this was indeed a problem um that affected all disciplines and then mm-hmm. you know the rest is history
0: yeah. Wow. And by and by the rest is history. He means We're working that on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So enough. yeah. So um in our second cohort, like again, the first cohort. It was just the nine paying customers on the PM side. Um, And also, if it's not clear, Colab is an education program where essentially we match aspiring product managers, designers, and um, developers together, and we help them all launch their very first product. Mm -hmm. And the entire point of this is so that they get some of that real world practical experience. um, They get to learn by doing, and then ultimately they have this thing to show that's beyond just their resume, right? They can Mm -hmm. say, hey, I, I have a live product go to it. I've talked with actual customers, et cetera. Um, and so it's really even just like building that confidence within themselves to be like, wow, I'm more than capable of doing this in the work environment. So I'm going to go forward and do that. Um, and so, yeah, again, in our second cohort, we sort of tripled like the number of customers to 27 at that point. Um, in our third cohort, we actually had 64 customers. Um, And so we've just been slowly like sort of ramping up and obviously refining the program a lot. Um, But it's just been really nice to see even the impact that comes out of it. I know that we're not really like a traditional product or like SaaS company or startup. It's very much like high touch point, very custom, making sure that every single person has like a great time that's tailored for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's also just really exciting and fun.
3: Yeah, and to okay. so even just talk on that impact a little bit, it's like, I think the big uh, realization is like, hey, you know, one of the PMs, the f- first PM who who started, started uh, in the first cohort, he landed a PM2 role at Microsoft, right? So this is someone who has like not been in tech before. We had a data background and went through our product management track. And the first time, like we've added so much more stuff into it. The first time was just like us piecing it together, but you know, someone there, like he was able to like land the job and it was through the product that he built, gave him that confidence, gave him that experience. You seen many people land jobs, at like Twilio, General Motors, you know, The Score, uh, several of the startups in the area and many more mm-hmm. still like interviewing. Um, so, like, seeing people get jobs is is very inspiring. And obviously, we, we give props to them because they also do it on their own merit. So it's not like, you know, we're saying, without collab, they'll never have been able to do it, you know. But we're just one piece of that puzzle that, you know, gives them that confidence, that, that extra push that they need uh, to move forward. So it's very inspiring doing what we're doing. I think, like, all, we call our, all our customers or participants collaborators. Everything that we do for our collaborators are, you know, it's really just... They just give us the motivation to just keep moving forward and, and doing our best. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I love that. What are uh, um, let's let's talk about some success stories then. Like, what are some of your or like, if you guys were to each choose one, what is one of your what is one of your favorite projects that came out of collab? Uh,
3: uh, okay, yeah, I'll go. I think my favorite success story, um, I'll say, is Marcella. Uh, I
0: mean, to that was my success was story <laughs> okay whatever take
3: it take it um actually do you know I, I'll, I'll let i'll let no, you no no that. no no please
0: please no 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 you you go you
3: go no i think you say the story very well I'll, I'll say something different yeah i have another one uh which is like alicia um so alicia is she she's based out of um sf and she was part of our very first cohort and she actually joined the program late. Um. She wasn't initially in the first batch of designers that we brought. But what happened was we had someone on a team who ended up like quitting. We had a designer team who was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. And then we reached out to Alicia and we said, hey, you know, and I think at that time she was on the waiting list. So and she was very, very patient and she was like, okay, do you know what? She'll join. And then she came in into this team and she really gave, brought a different perspective. So they were trying to build, it was called like, um, Gift hunt, right? It's also one of my favorite products ever built, and initially it was like a very different idea. Before she came in, when she came in, you know, bringing her designer lens, it became this, you know, text messaging service that, you know, if I'm trying to give you a gift. Right. Instead of just like, you know, sending you the tracking number or telling you I have a gift, I can send text message clues to you to, you know, give you just keep you guessing what what can it be. So it just improves the experience of the person. And I like the product specifically because the recipient didn't need to download another product or another app. I can easily just like, you know, allow, like just by putting Helen's phone number or your phone number in there, and I can give send you this prompts, and you still feel like, wow, you're part of this experience because you're receiving a gift. So she brought that perspective there and throughout the program, she worked very closely with her team and really felt like it was great for her. And the reason why I like to highlight her story is because... Uh, it's not, it's also the power of the network that you make and, and the connections that you make in a product. Because she was very close to her product manager who, you know, you know, originally the product managers come up with the idea and she brought a different perspective. And they built like a very close relationship that the product manager was able to refer her for the job that she got. So she's working at a startup in the Bay Area right now. Um can't remember the name, but I'll like I'll look it up very quickly. Um, uh, so it was, it was very fascinating that, you know, you come into this community, you meet strangers, but by working together, they're able to vouch for you and say, Do you know what? Like Alicia is like a very great designer. I think like, you know, you should hire her. I'm willing to like give you intros or connect you with the right people because I believe in you. You know, I think that's something that just happens organically in our program because, you know, when people refer you and you know, getting a job these days is all about who you know. Um, so it's not just about just applying into the ether. So that networking is very difficult if you don't if you don't even have a network in tech or if you don't have friends who work in tech, uh, if you're not fortunate to go to this like great CS school that has all these folks. So Mm. Devin, leveraging those relationships was super important, which is what you know Alicia and her PM Brooke ended up doing. Um so Brooke, Brooke is right now, she's in Twilio. So it it's it's great to just like see how they connected together and really help move each other forward. And they still keep in, in touch to, to to this day. So I, I really like Alicia's story. Um so which is why I wanted to share that. But yeah, Helen can share uh Marcella's story. <laughs>
0: Um yeah okay thank you Shifu, for allowing me to do so. Um though I yeah I would even call out just in general is that every at the end of every cohort Shafooli and I and as well as all of our mentors were honestly just astounded by the variety of products that people build because again it's you know we don't source projects we tell the teams themselves to come up with real products, to find actual users, to interview them, determine their pain points, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But but it really is just, I mean, everyone is so different, right? And you're bringing in such a diverse set of people who wanna solve a diverse set of problems. And I I just think it's very cool to see all the range of things that people create. Um, And so in terms of Marcella, she was actually one of the devs in our um, fall 2020 cohort and, or winter. Winter 2020 cohort, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, fall, fall.
3: It was fall. Okay.
0: Fall. <laughs> time. What is time these days? Um, <laughs> but she was very interesting because she was actually a physical therapist for about 20 plus years of her life, right? So she was slightly older, trying to transition into this new industry, which I think is also sort of like prone to ageism in general, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Whenever we think of these non-traditional paths, it's not just academic background or like racial background, but it's also like age and just whatever differing perspectives that you're bringing in. So I think she was really struggling with that. Um, When she joined our program, she actually only knew like HTML, CSS and JavaScript. Right. And she, I think the reason why both Shifumi and I really like her story is that just just the sheer perseverance and tenacity certain people show through the program, right? Because you're not just accountable to yourself, you're accountable to your entire team that is reliant on you to create this product, right? Like you've gotten buy-in into building this. There are users that are waiting for this, right? And so it really does end up pushing you and so she actually created this entire uh, React app by the end of the program, they it was called Kitty Helper and essentially it paired um, toddlers or like parents of toddlers with other mentors and tutors so that they could help with in-person cl- um, in or more so like virtual after-class tutoring sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was because their entire team, they were all like slightly older, they all had families and stuff. And so they were really trying to solve for a particular use case. Um, mm-hmm. And actually before the program even ended, she went on to land her first tech job um, as a developer at General Motors. Um, and I think again, it really is like, wow, <laughs> people, people are out there hustling and like trying to break these pre preconceived notions of what it is that they can or can't do within tech. Um, and I think it just feels really good, I guess, for Shifumi and I to have given them like a platform and a community um, where they're really able to collaborate and then use that as a jumping off point for what's to come
3: yeah and, and just to just quickly like just close on on some of those things it's like we don't we never ever tell people that hey come to collab you get a job All right I, I never tell people that hey you know what do this you know because I never want to be that kind of person who is like you know very salesy you know, I I tell her what it is. I was like, look, we have all the things that if you do, you can get a job, right? Whether intentionally or unintentionally. And another thing with Marcella's story is she went to every single office hour, every single dev office hour that was available. She took advantage of every single one, asked all the questions. And this is someone who was like, do you know what? Like I'm here to learn. I'm trying to like, I'm learning React. I'm building something with it for the first time. I'm, I'm, I need had to have my questions answered you know mm-hmm. and through that that's like how she was able to get to her goal so if you come through not just cola but any program and if you just like do the bare minimum and be like oh you promised me this you know um it's it's not gonna work because you still need to put in the work but we want to give mm-hmm. people that environment right the mentorship the professional network the support uh to be able to do all of that um so i'm always very wary of you know you know, future collaborators of people who are like very, very particular, like, oh, I'm only going to do this if you can guarantee me a job. I was like, I'll be like, you're not our Target the audience, then like I'm not gonna find a job for you. I'm not gonna teach you how to interview you, are gonna have to learn how to do all those things yourself, but we can help as much as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just wanted to just say, like, yeah, we try our best to create that environment to enable all of these things to just happen. The outcome of being in collab is like you end up getting a job by doing all the right things. You know, that will be mm-hmm. the outcome if you do those things appropriately.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Follow up question of that. So it seems as if you guys are doing a lot of valuable work and you know, exposing people from uh, maybe less represented backgrounds in in the product world, especially, you know, people of different career paths, different ages, and uh, ageism is huge in the tech industry for sure. Um, so why do you think, and how do you think Collab can be used as a platform to increase that representation? And what do you guys look for in candidates, um, you know, such that you're you're taking into account these different perspectives and really empowering the people who need that representation? What are some of the strategies, I guess, you have around, you know, increasing that?
3: Yeah, I know Helen has a very sure. good answer for this one.
1: <laughs> Do
0: you know that? <laughs> I do. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, this is something that we take very, very deeply, Um. just because part of what the community is also all about is that it's, it's based on people being invested in one another's success, right? So if we only want folks who, yes, not only are you hardworking, you're motivated, you have, like, some knowledge already, but it's also that, hey, you're coming in here because you know that to raise yourself, you also need to lift others up in the process. Right. And so we actually have like an entire interview process that's like meant for that. But you know, that aside, we, we tried to partner as, closely as we can with a bunch of different groups and nonprofits. So whether that's educational programs like boot camps that also take in um, generally just underrepresented groups of people to help them get into tech um, or just even nonprofits within that se- sector as well. So by doing that, we're, we're mainly trying to like increase, I guess, the awareness of collab and all of these different methods of learning, whether it's through collab or not. Right. Um, and then in addition to that, so that's just on our program side. Because alongside that, we actually have our entire like booklet slash newsletter series um, where we every week we basically share a story of someone who is coming from a non traditional background and getting into tech. Um, so, you know, Shifumi launched the How to Product book by himself uh, um, in April 2020. But we actually like collaborated this time on another booklet launch that happened. Just a few weeks ago, in this year, um, and that was the "You Belong in Tech" booklets, right? And that was a compilation again of multiple stories of how people went from, you know, being self-taught or a boot camp grad or um, just like trying to do freelance things all all together, and short, just sort of how they managed to ultimately get into tech as well. Um, as a goal to sort of highlight all of the, like the imposter syndrome, the struggles behind the successes that we often see on places like LinkedIn and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think through all of that, we are really trying to just make people believe and recognize that whatever perspectives they're bringing in are completely valid. Um, and so I think organically through like, I think just Shafumi and I in general, like, are you belong in tech? just entire community, um, as well as collab, and just the strategic partnerships we have. That's how we sort of um, try to bring equity, I guess, and more diverse voices into the tech industry.
1: Yeah, that's a great answer. I think yeah, like relying on that organic growth and really relying on the talent of the people there and, and just keeping an open mind in terms of who you accept into the program. I think that's really powerful. Like a lot of companies could could definitely benefit from doing that a little bit more, I think. So excited to see how, you know, Collab kind of increases representation in that space because that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and then kind of following up on that. So scalability. So like you mentioned, this isn't your typical like SaaS startup right you're you're very hands-on you're very individualized right you really care about every person that goes through the experience and and sort of um how how they how they're going through the program and and the types of things they're taking away you know with things like office hours um how do you scale a product like um collab because i I, i'm sure that's that's come up and and really what you want to do is you want to impact as many people as you can give them the opportunities they need to to succeed in product so you know theoretically the more people in your program the better. Um, but yeah, how, how do you, how do you scale that?
3: Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a very, first, very good question. Interesting question. Very interesting problem. Um, I think we think about scale very differently. Um, you know, scale a lot of people is like, Hey, we want these numbers of people in the cohort and all of that stuff. So our, our mission is also about accessible learning. Right, so there are different ways to go about reaching people to be able to get them to do the things that they want to do. You know, our program is just one of them, and the big thing for us it's on learning by doing and collaboration. Right, so we tell you that all the things that you can do at collab. We tell you that hey, you know, this is something that you can do on your own. But sometimes some people just need that extra, you know, help, which is why they can go through collab. But our booklets is one of the ways that we can scale. So our booklets have reached like all the books that we've written combined have reached like over almost, almost about 10,000 people very soon, we're going to really cross that mark. You know, that's a way that we're reaching people outside of our program that's still giving them the knowledge and, you know, hoping, help, hoping that they'll be able to take that action towards the next step of, you know, now I can do all the things that I want to do. So that's also another way to scale. We also have our courses, right? So we have the, you know, product management course that I talked about earlier on, which is at a very much cheaper price point that can reach way more people because it's self-directed. So there's Mm -hmm. all these levels to, you know, all the things that you need. And that's why we also have our newsletter, right? Our newsletter also has, you know, thousands of people who, you know, receive emails from us and a lot of people use that to drive inspiration and in the things that they do I, I got an email one day i was like hey thank you so much for doing this you know I, my boyfriend is a software engineer you know based off of the things that that you've you've already i'm gonna work with him and then try and you know do a project so i can get into product management and i think mm-hmm. to us i think you know that's that also has gotten the impact that you know we would like to get, despite not even coming into our program. Someone came into an info session that we held and got a job from the connection that they made in that info session. Because no whenever you come to an info session, we try to break the ice and get people to connect with one another, um, because we're all about inclusivity fostering this environment. To us, that's success, right? Success doesn't necessarily mean you are putting money in your pocket every time. You know, there are a lot of products where like you know, 80% of their users are free, and then the remaining 20% is what you monetize. So think think about all the other things that we do similar to that. That there'll definitely be people who you know pay and go through like our structured program, but the reach and that scale, um, that's when you know. Mm-hmm. That, that has all the impact and can, you know, indirectly do the things that we want to do. So that's, that's how like, you know, we like to think about our scale. Of course, there's also like scaling the program, making sure we maintain the quality, but uh, what's mm-hmm. top of mind is making sure it's the best possible thing that people can go through. Um, and then all those other things will fall into place.
1: I love that. I love the focus. Cause I think a lot of people get caught up in, in scaling and numbers and metrics and things like that. But really if you don't have a good program, no one's going to join it and you're not really impacting the people in the program. So it doesn't really matter how many people you have, as long as you're, you're focusing on the impact you have on those people.
2: Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. a value um, first approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're getting close to time. So we have two more questions for you guys. Um, you guys are going to love the last question, uh, but right before that. So I have, this might be a bit weird and like just completely random considering the conversation, but I have one for you Shifunmi. So I see, I saw that you're into photography. And, you know, I saw like some of the shots that you took and, you know, they're beautiful. Like you've done an incredible job with the art that you produced there. Thank Not you. to gas you up too much, but <laughs> yeah, chef's kiss. Um, I'm just curious because like as someone that's looking to get into this space and like I was supposed to go on like a backpacking trip, like Southeast Asia over the summer, but then COVID happened and then like ruined everything for everybody. Um, but yeah, as someone interested in getting into the space and I know if I can speak to this a little more because he's somebody in it. Has this changed the way that you navigate life? Like, do you find yourself being more observant, like noticing some of the smaller details and things? Because we talked about this before, like through a lens of writing, right? And we, the way we phrase is that writers engage with life like it's a full contact sport. Because as a writer, you're a professional observer. So I'm just wondering if that translates into photography as well.
3: Um, that's a very interesting philosophical question. <laughs> um, you know. I- i i love photography unfortunately i haven't been able to do it as much you know these days um it's something that you know i always miss getting into a flow state so whenever like i was like you know taking pictures for a while like you said being very observant or even editing pictures like you could just do it for hours you know mm-hmm. um and yeah to to your point i think i do it more when i travel because then it allows me to just really appreciate like every everything around me so it's something that like i just used to just like capture nature and it's limitless limitless beauty Uh, that's how i i think about it Uh, i try it's also one of those that i like (laughs) Uh, so cheesy (laughs) no no it's a good thing it's definitely a good thing so that's the difference between me and helen Um, um, (laughs) <laughs> so I've tried monetizing it but it didn't really work or it started feeling like work and I never really want to do that so I think for me it's just like a way for me to just realize that well like earth is very beautiful and you really want to like capture as many of these moments as possible because then you look back and you know you're able to just like appreciate like everything um but with regards to like getting into the space I think it's like um Honestly, I yeah, just get started. I think that the, the phone cameras are like so much better now. Like you can capture so much detail even just with your phone. So I think now I do more try to do more phone photography whenever I can. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately with all the other things that i have going on it's very hard to really find time to to do that but it's definitely something that you know one of my dreams later don't want is to like you know do my own movie because i'm also into videography as well i want to like make my own movie one day no way I mean, that's um, awesome plan, yeah fingers crossed yeah. one day so hope like taking two years off to do that i think that'll be super fulfilling and so one day i'm i'm hoping that i get to just really just like focus on that so we'll see we'll see how it goes
1: <laughs> looking forward to <laughs> seeing uh shifumi productions in action that that's amazing. Yeah. That's a really good
2: dream. Let me know if you need any extras. <laughs> oh <my
1: gosh. laughs> Damien can take um, that. I'm the I'm the last better looking of the group, so <laughs> you can take that. He's, he's um, a humble guy. He's a humble guy. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, so- coming to our final question and we save the best for last um we, we like to ask this of every guest that comes on the show first time having two so we'll have two different perspectives hopefully it's not the same answer um but the question is if you could put any one message on a billboard that would reach millions even billions of people and you can stratify that target audience however you want uh what message would you put on that billboard and why
2: you can take your time to think about it too no rush yes please do We haven't stumped.
3: I love it. So it's like, number one, what's the message? And then who, who, who who will be the people that you broadcast it to? Or is it just the message that you put on the billboard?
1: Mainly the message, but if you want to broadcast to specific people, like for sure, feel free
2: yeah if you just want to specify two like product managers or something that's up to you yeah
0: i think i have mine
3: okay go first i have i have i have my variation of mine as well
0: okay i think i would probably say (laughs) um be kind to others and be kind to yourself and so that's that's what i I would say. it's
2: beautiful and uh, what's the inspiration for that why is that top
0: of mind for you um i mean i think that's that's just the thing that always grounds me in most of the things that i do and also the type of person that i want to be um Mm. in acknowledging that yes let's treat each other with kindness and respect but also to not forget yourself in that moment because um you know we're all valuable to this earth and we we deserve to showcase that.
2: Love that. So, Shifun, me, you're on deck. What do you got for us?
3: Yeah, once I got, I was gonna pull up those. And there's one quote that I really, really like, it's not mine. So, okay. um, I was trying to like pull that up. Yeah, no, worries. you're gonna just like <laughs> I can't, can. but 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 I think so. Two <laughs> things. Well, actually, I'll give you three. Even though you asked oh, me for wow. one, that's a big. Bill How much book? money, money do you guys have for a billboard? <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, um. Oh yeah, I think I remember. So I think this one I got it from attending the Special Olympics. So I mainly just have two messages that I want to to highlight. Number one, the, this quote from the Special Olympics that I attended was, "It says, let me, let me try." Um, and then if I, uh, she was like, "Let me try." um and regardless of what happens let me be brave in the attempt something along along those lines Mm. um and I think it's it's all about just start so if I was thinking about just like a catchy statement I was like hey just start because you know starting I think like a lot of people never ever get to take action and I think that's like what holds a lot of progress back. So I think that just start would be great. And I think the whole, like, let me be brave in the attempt is just like, look, you just iterate and you get better. Nothing is ever at the first time. Uh, another quote that I really like, um, one of my favorite Nigerian artists says this a lot, which is we rise by lifting others. I think those are the two sentiments that I always want to share with people, which is like, look, just start, but even as you're starting like don't forget to like lift others up like send the ladder back down and help people um because like that would also move you forward to you learn so much more about that so it will be our, along those lines of the measure just to like just start and obviously don't forget everyone else yeah we rise by lifting mm-hmm. others
2: yeah that's i don't know if like our guests have been talking to each other recently or what because like it's been a common theme like the past couple episodes we've done like that theme of diversity and like the strength and that comes with that diversity, too. And uh, the first quote you mentioned, I actually had, if I can share it quick, um, a similar quote by Jim Rohn that it reminded me of. Uh, and he said, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Don't wish for less challenge. Wish for more wisdom. And I think it's like the same sentiment, right? It's, it's all in the, the like that journey getting to that end point. You don't want to just skip the entire thing, right? that whole process, the trials, the tribulations, it builds character, it builds resilience. Uh, and yeah, it just makes you a better person for it. Absolutely.
1: Well, that brings so. us to the end of the conversation. First off, we're, we're a little bit over time. So if you guys have to go, feel free to, but thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. It was a great conversation. We're, we're looking forward to stay connected with you guys. Uh, if you can leave the listeners with um, anything you want to say, any promo, where, where can people find you? Um, do you want to say that right now?
0: Yeah, Yeah. so... oh Oh, sorry can I say that quickly
1: because I need to jump
3: after because I have a four o'clock but yeah thank you so much for having us I really appreciate it I actually Mm -hmm. finally found the quote which was like let me win it actually says win not try but Mm -hmm. if not let me be brave in the attempt because also obviously we all want to succeed but even though you fail, like just try and give it your all so I think that's Mm -hmm. a quote if you'd like to find me yeah I'm active on Twitter and LinkedIn Shufumi O-S-H-Y that's my handle and yeah anything collab like try support us share our stories you know um, amplify voices and just like try and do your part. Uh, so, thank you so much. This was like super great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Or we'll okay,
2: all of
0: that shibumi. in the description. Yeah. Um, and I also just wanted to add that, yeah, you can check out Colab at www.joincolab, C O L A B I O. And you could also find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Heyo Helen. But yeah, thank awesome. you so much for the great conversation. This was honestly really fun.
2: <laughs> no, it thank was you. a ton of fun for us too. You guys have great chemistry. and you just Sorry for energy.
0: roasting you guys.
2: <laughs> no, we, we no take it's okay. It a little bit of self-deprecating humor is important, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We got to humble ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to stop recording. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening. Think you got it? Nah, we're on the next iteration.